0: Welcome to the New Mexico News Podcast. Headlines and stories from the land of enchantment. Brought to you by KRQE. Here's Chris McKee and Gabrielle Burkhardt.
1: New Mexico has a brand new industry on the horizon with the legalization of recreational cannabis.
2: We've talked about the ins and outs of the law, but what about enforcement of these new laws and regulations? With us here today to talk about the law enforcement perspective is Shane Ferrari. He's the sheriff in San Juan County and vice chairman for the New Mexico Sheriff's Association. Sheriff, thanks for joining us.
1: Well, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. We wanted to jump into this topic with you because I know that in the legislature, your voice was certainly one of the the law enforcement voices out there. And and we know that recreational cannabis has been legalized now in the state uh, since June, essentially, is when the law went into effect. With that, of course, comes enforcement of some provisions of the law from your office and other sheriff's offices out there. The law allows for counties and municipalities to impose their own kind of local restrictions if they choose. But how does that work from the law enforcement perspective? What are you looking for in terms of enforcement direction to be
0: quite frank with you so when we first saw this bill and keep in mind that last year was a very difficult legislation uh, session that we had Uh, the public was locked out we were locked out and really it went to a zoom or or virtual uh session which really inhibited uh new mexico law enforcement to really voicing our opinions and our needs when we come to recreational marijuana. So what we received was a 142 page bill uh, that was being drafted behind the scenes. So what we're looking for immediately is what can we enforce? What what do we have out there that we need to look forward to and start training our people on? So really, when it came to law enforcement, it didn't give us any direction, but pretty much let us know that we should be looking at marijuana a, a lot of on the same lines of how we would tobacco. Or alcohol. Let's talk about alcohol. Twenty-one years old. Uh, we look at uh, serving impaired individuals. Uh, that that's more on the administrative end, but we, yes, that is criminal. We looked at DWIs. We look at all these things that help us enforce criminal statute when it comes to to uh, alcohol. So when it came to marijuana, we had nothing. So right now we have nothing as far as DWI. So if somebody's impaired under under marijuana. We do not have a standard. We all know that .08, right? We've been conditioned to to, to know that. But what is the standard now for marijuana? Well, we don't have one. Well, let's move forward and say, if we did have a standard, how are we going to test for that? Well, we know that you get a blow into an intoxilizer. So we get your breath alcohol content, which helps us get that 0.08 standard to produce in court. We call that evidence, right? So now we have somebody that's impaired because they're driving under the influence of marijuana. Well, we have no standard. We have no testing ability. So what do we do with these individuals? Do We write them careless, careless driving tickets, reckless driving tickets. How are we going to handle that? I can tell you for my officers and my deputies, I told them until we get a standard on DWI and some testing, I guess we'll just have to write them careless driving tickets and have somebody come pick up their car. We put the cart before the horse. So we have no ability when it comes to impaired drivers under marijuana right now. So now let's talk about although you can have marijuana, you can possess it. You can only possess so much. Okay, so we have a law enforcement officer in T or C stops a vehicle, approaches the vehicle. The window rolls down and he smells the odor of green marijuana. State statute now says that that in and of itself is not reasonable suspicion nor probable cause to inquire about the marijuana in the vehicle. It's legal. We can't smell the difference between four ounces you and your friend's pot and the 500 pounds that you've got in the trunk that's coming up that uh, for Mexico or wherever it could be the the black market section of this right keep in mind at the same time uh, in, in Colorado experiences also. They're canines that they had that were cross-trained or trained in marijuana detection. We had to get rid of all those dogs. Now we have to have dogs that are trained in all illicit drugs but marijuana. So really, uh, when we talk about these things uh, on the enforcement end, we really have very little law to enforce at this time. So it's going to be difficult. But... Often, as New Mexico legislation does, law enforcement does also look over the fence at Colorado. Uh, New Mexico legislators quite often pull laws in from Colorado. So knowing they were going to do that, we're looking over the fence and we're asking Colorado law enforcement, hey, what are the problems that you're facing? and there are many.
2: I wanted to touch just really quickly on one of the the topics you just mentioned, which is canines. I've seen some notices where police departments are retiring their drug sniffing dogs because, as you mentioned, they become less effective when cannabis is legal everywhere, so there may not be much as much of a use for them. Right. Do you believe that this will have an impact on drug investigations in general?
0: No. What I think it's going to do is going to pull resources from other more important drug investigations. methamphetamine is rampant throughout New Mexico. Now we're seeing increases in fentanyl. Our law enforcement is focusing on that, where our narcotics units are focusing on these, what we consider hardcore drugs. Uh, Marijuana is still going to be an issue. Now, for years, we heard about if we just legalize it, law enforcement would have less to do. Well, we know from the fine folks over in Colorado, that isn't the case. Uh, I read a, a article in the Denver Post here not too long ago. It said law enforcement is completely overran with black market marijuana. Um, we saw it up in my neck of the woods here not too long ago. Well, about a year ago, uh, we had a group of Mandarin Chinese that came into our area and put up marijuana grows on the Navajo reservation. Now, now, granted, marijuana was, was, was not uh, legalized at that point. It is not legalized on the reservation. They do not have any exceptions. It's still legal over there. But we got a good snapshot of what's coming our way. Matter of fact, these individuals that we encountered and dealt with moved to Oklahoma where marijuana is legal, but their law enforcement is already reaching out to us for assistance in identifying these individuals because they are in the black market Uh, marijuana industry. So that's what's going to happen is we're going to see more black market marijuana. These are things we're still going to have to deal with out there. Colorado tells us for every one pound of marijuana they sell at the front door legally, four pounds go illegally out the back to just give you some framework of how much of a black market problem they are having. So although we should be
1: focusing on these harder drugs, fentanyl, methamphetamine, marijuana is still going to be problematic. Our colleague, Dean Staley, in recent months, he did a series of reports talking to leaders in Colorado about the effects of legalization there. And the Douglas County Sheriff, Tony Spurlock, of course, Douglas County being an area south of Denver, he told Dean in those reports that that they have seen an increase in crimes like businesses dealing with cash, being target's for robberies, illegal grow houses. What do you expect the effect is in San Juan County? And maybe have you thought about it broadly for New Mexico?
0: Uh, I have. I think...
1: Uh, we're going to see it on a couple
0: different levels, uh, criminal and administrative, and I'll go over those. Colorado is very important to look at because they've had it the longest. So they've been in the, the the legal marijuana business for a long time. I see an increase in homelessness. I see an increase in break-ins. They've seen that, especially in the Denver area, uh, that when the homeless were coming in, they need a resource for money, and that's where they're going to get it from, is is from from theft. Uh, we also saw, uh, been talking to about increases in violent crime. I, I I hear there's talk of establishing a banking system. I don't know how far along that is, but you're talking about millions of dollars out on the street cash right now. Right. They put it into a federal bank. It gets seized because it's still federally illegal. They're proceeds of illicit uh, activity. So you're talking about all that money laying out on the street. So you want to talk about robberies, ripoff crews, homicides. Violent crime has also increased and been attributed to marijuana, black market marijuana industry. Uh, You hear it out of California. You hear it out of Colorado. So, yes, I I think those are going to be problems that we are going to face, not to mention the what I call quality of life concerns. Um, I live in an apartment. My neighbor next door is smoking marijuana. It's offensive and I smell it sorry, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, You need to get it up with your landlord. That's going to be more of a civil or administrative issue. Um, Another big concern I have is really New Mexico's inability to control the market. Um, Take alcohol, for instance. Uh, Alcohol uh, sales are governed by the SID, the State Investigatory Division. I have one guy, one guy in San Juan County that regulates alcohol and we share them with McKinley County. This is minors being sold to. This is uh, servers serving to intoxicated persons. Um, all of these alcohol issues. We got one guy controlling that over two counties. New Mexico has a problem with DWI. We're all we've been in the top ten for DWI for. Over a decade, we have issues with substance abuse. So now, especially in my county, in McKinley County, a lot of that comes from alcoholism, uh, predominantly around the reservation. But still, we're talking about New Mexico getting in another addictive industry. That we're not going to have a handle on
2: one of the benefits that we've actually heard about this new law from legislators is that low level possession charges will go away and no longer be a priority for law enforcement so someone with a few ounces can keep a clean record and potentially seek employment that may have otherwise been blocked from obtaining how do you see this impacting the youth in your community
0: well, I've seen it impact the youth in my community. Uh, being that I, my county is neighbors with Colorado, the marijuana in San Juan County all comes from Colorado. Very rarely do we have what we call the Mexican ditch weed, the, the old school stuff that came up in bricks and the gas tank of somebody's vehicle. I was a narcotics agent many years ago. We used to deal with hundreds of pounds of that. We don't see that anymore. Now what we're seeing is what we consider, the, or the industry consider be quality marijuana, marijuana that's grown in grow houses, uh, hydroponic grows, these things coming out of Colorado in our area, we can drive 45 minutes out of the border uh, across the border and get it. Uh, That's a fact. So our kids aren't any different the same way they gave the guy, you know, or we back in our day, I don't age ourselves, but gave somebody 20 bucks to go get us a case of beer. Right. Uh, They're driving into Colorado, given, somebody that may be homeless or somebody just willing to go and buy them an ounce of marijuana and they're driving right back. The marijuana seizures that we see in high school is Colorado, Colorado marijuana. So uh, yeah, we've been impacted with it. Yes, we are dealing with it. Um, but on the second part of your question was people talking about, well, there'll be less offenses at lower line stuff. To be honest with you, uh, I'm not oblivious to the, the, the fact that people have been using marijuana here for a long time. Those marijuana users are going to continue to be your marijuana users. When the law was passed, I didn't expect the whole county to start smoking marijuana. Those that do, do. And those that don't, don't. The people that use it responsibly, fine. Use it responsibly. We don't have a problem with that. But but as far as the the impact or, or the, the workload that will be taken out of law enforcement for these small, minute amounts, it wasn't a problem in the past, and it's not going to be a problem more. We didn't gain any more manpower.
1: Along those lines of manpower power. One of the responses to the legalization of recreational cannabis is that, well, now this is a regulated industry. It allows the state to collect tax dollars. And some of that does go back into the communities. And there should be enough money, right, to be able to hire more people to target some of these specific issues. What do you say to that? Do you think that, you know, through the collection of tax revenue that you'll be able to staff certain positions to address some of these issues? No,
0: I I don't see that. I think it's a bunch of hogwash and that was a sales tactic by the legislation Um, what you're going to see is yes uh, local communities whether it be counties or municipalities are the recipient of part of that gross receipts tax (laughs) however i guarantee that it's been allocated for education it's been allocated for infrastructure Law enforcement is going to end up on the short end of the stick once again here in New Mexico. Uh, the problem that we have to deal with, that operation that took place out on the reservation, 260,000 marijuana plants, 60 tons of product worth billions of dollars. The state didn't jump in. We, we actually had to utilize the federal government to assist us in getting rid of that. So, if that, so let, let's take a snapshot of that. Now let's just move that 20 miles uh, east and put it in San Juan County. And now the county's responsible for an illicit marijuana grow, a black market marijuana grow. It's going to be the state's responsibility to destroy it investigate it and everything else. Tens of thousands of dollars, manpower, destruction, all this other stuff that we have to deal with. The state's not going to jump in and assist us with that. So I, I really don't think the squeeze is worth the juice when it comes to the, the, the taxation portion of it. Uh, new Mexico is not law enforcement friendly when it comes to funding. So no, I don't have any faith that that our, our new endeavors now are going to uh, load the coffers of law enforcement agencies around the state No,
2: Sheriff, you've mentioned the black market, and that's a term we've heard, you know, from Dean's reports as well and in Colorado. Is the answer, you think, if we leveled the playing field and it became legal on the federal level in every state and there was less of an incentive maybe to try and sell it on the East Coast, do you think that would help us?
0: No, uh, you know, and I I hate to be such a pessimist on this. I I really do, but I'm just going to call it what it is. Uh, I I don't think that's the case. You know, even if it got legalized on the federal level, let's look at this like we did alcohol. Now it's been legalized. So then what do we get? We got Budweiser, we got Coors, we got Jack Daniels. So what's going to happen, and I, I believe, and just American capitalism is once this thing gets legalized on a federal level, these big corporations are going to buy up all these little farmers right now. They're trying to get in the industry. They're going to pay them pretty well, and it will be another controlled market. So cash is king, and, and
1: that's what we're going to see in the future of, of, of marijuana. Is there any way that you see a successful industry without some of these problems, what do you think maybe should have been the approach to this? Because I definitely sense from you is that New Mexico's going about this the wrong way. We are. What do you think needs to be done differently? What are some of the things that you would want to see addressed? I wish I had an answer for you.
0: Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Those are the three things you're not going to control. Right. (laughs) And that's, you know, look at the sex trade, look at the drug trade, look at all these things. I don't know if there's a way it's, it's a vice. It's, it's something that we're going to have a difficult time dealing with. Um, Granted New Mexico, New Mexicans now, if they want to, they can grow their own stuff they don't have to worry about it. They don't worry about buying from the pot shop down the street. They don't have to worry about, uh, buying black market marijuana and the unknown substances that may be in it they grow their own so i don't know where this thing's gonna hit i have to really harness myself sometimes of 25 years of saying this stuff's illegal and changing gears right now and say, okay, it's legal now. And the, the best thing I can do, and I have to remind myself quite often, or remind my deputies, you have to look at this more like alcohol, guys. You can brew your own. You can go to a brew pub. You can do all these different things. You can't bootleg. You can't sell to kids. we got to look at marijuana in the same sense. So there's a lot of unknown territory in this right now. But most concerning to me is we got a runaway horse right now. Now, currently in the standing of so you can possess it. You just can't buy it. Okay. So we created a black market industry nine months ago. And now we're going to be catching this runaway horse. There's already people that have set up shop. And they don't have licenses to set up shop. And, and so it's a runaway horse.
2: Sheriff, I know you're, you're one voice right in the whole state, yes, but I, you also have a pulse on the law enforcement community. So I wanted to ask you, do you get the sense that the sentiment is like yours or is anyone in your law enforcement community you know, happy about this law?
0: I haven't met a law enforcement officer that's happy about the law. Of course, It's no secret that New Mexico sheriffs and the governor have been sideways since day one. But I think across the board, law enforcement is extremely concerned against the lack of law. What do we do with it? How how do we deal with it? And the problem is when the black market uh, overruns everything, they're just going to blame on us for not doing our job. Again, there's very little we can do. Most of the governance
1: over marijuana right now is on administrative level, not a criminal level. And uh, that's our fear. Looking at the legislative session, there was certainly opposition to the bill, but there was an overwhelming amount of lawmakers who are very excited about this and saying, you know, among many other things, this is a chance for economic opportunity for a lot of people in the state, a chance to change the stigma that's existed for a long time, maybe a chance for the state to just sort of further itself away from The constant reliance on federal revenues. I know that those have a lot of times been some of the really positive things that have brought to light. The sense that I get from you at the same time, though, is that New Mexico is not maybe ready for this, um, that there's a lot of questions to determine.
0: So let's talk about marijuana uh, in the sense of growing it. Let's look at some facts. Marijuana takes a lot of water to grow, right? Sixty six percent of the state's water flows through my county. We're a desert. We don't have a lot of water. So where's this water going to come from to grow all this marijuana? I don't know. San Juan County. 7% of San Juan County is privately owned. The rest of it is federally or state owned. So where's this going to be grown at? There's not a lot of private land. So there's a lot of concerns I just have. If if I was a businessman going to the marijuana industry, you have to have resources to grow your product. Where's that at? where are they going to get this water from? Of course, we want all these marijuana farms. It's going to be a big industry for us, but where are we going to get the resources to get into this industry? I I don't understand. Um, again, um, I, have heard, and you guys can correct me on this. I've heard they're looking at up to $20 million in, in revenue. They're thinking, I think that was the last, uh, dollar amount at 20 million dollars annually. 20 million dollars isn't a drop in the bucket. What are we supposed to do with 20 million dollars? I guarantee you law enforcement's going to be spending more than 20 million dollars just dealing with this new industry. Again, when you talk about what resources it'll pull for me, I think we'll be dealing with more of the black market marijuana. As far as the regulation, that is not counties municipalities that, that that's not their job. That's the state's job. So I don't know what what type of infrastructure they have set up for when this thing goes live, when they're handing out licenses, who's going
1: to be checking up on these folks. I I don't know, but that's not my responsibility and I won't be doing it. When you're looking ahead and I think about lawmakers, many of them have a really positive vibe. I think you've shared a lot of concerns. Maybe what's the message that you have looking towards the future?
0: You know, again, as I said earlier, I, I hate to be such a pessimist on it. I mean, the. I think predominantly those that, that choose to use marijuana are going to use it responsibly. I truly feel that. I think there's just like alcohol. I, again, I go back to that. I think there are, is going to be a segment of society that's not going to abide by the laws, going to drive under impaired, uh, going to be doing things outside of what they should be maybe holding an amount that's over what they're supposed to be. I think there'll be a smaller level of that. What I'm worried about is the black market section of that. That's what I'm concerned about. And not only the pool of my resources, but also the cleanup that has to be done off of that. And I could tell you because I saw it in my own backyard, what do we do with all this? but and again, that's going to be part of what New Mexico that, that these individual counties and cities are going to have to deal with. It's going to come out of our coffers. My concern is the amount of money generated, the GRT gross receipts tax generated off this it is not, going to be profitable. I think we're going to be spending more supporting an industry that we are making. And, you know, I've heard mixed numbers coming out of Colorado uh, about how much money they're making versus what the output is to just support that industry. So I'm, I'm looking ahead. Um, I, I I don't want to say there's dark times ahead. I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping there's some silver lining, but just from where I am right now, I think we're coming into this thing half-cocked.
2: one of the more concerned voices we've heard on the topic of legalizing recreational cannabis here in new mexico but we want to thank again sheriff shane ferrari for his perspective there in san juan county
1: the law stipulates that sales of recreational cannabis will start no later than april 1st of 2022 but since june it's been legal to possess recreational cannabis this
2: is definitely a topic that we will continue paying attention to in the months to come. In the meantime, you can reach me at Gabrielle.Burchard at krqe.com and on Twitter, gburknm.
1: And I'm Chris McKee TV on Twitter. You can also email me at chris.mckee at krqe.com and also check out our website, it's krqe.com slash podcasts. A lot of times we'll link back to a lot of related news coverage to these podcasts. Thanks for listening.